welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, physical health, health awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with men, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, Paul Odell. Um, I'm currently the national chair for the Black Asian Minority and Ethnic Bayman Belief Group for the Police Federation of England and Wales. Wow, fantastic. So, Paul, um, how are you today and how, how are things where you are? And, and in fact, where are you? Uh, well, I'm in London, um, South London. Uh, things here, gloomy, very quiet, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but upbeat, I suppose. You have to be in this uh, current climate. Yeah, so you know, tell, I mean, tell the listeners about what's what the I mean, because this this podcast obviously is going to it's 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 for me it's a modern day message in the bottle, so this could be heard in this could be heard in many years time. What what's actually happening? Well, at the moment, uh, the, the, we we have kind of tier four, uh, tier sort of what they call lockdowns. Um, so currently, London. And the southeast are in tier four, which is basically kind of a a full lockdown. People stay at home. Uh, only essential emergency workers go to work. Um, all the shops and, and retail shops close down, except for the necessary shops, which is generally all the uh, food stores and um, supermarkets uh, are allowed to stay open. Um, and, and that's it. You can't travel out of travel out of London to other zones. Um, and Christmas is no mixed family sort of uh, uh, gatherings on, on in Christmas. So you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of people who are isolated, alone, or their family environment is. It's not great um, and unable to escape. So, yeah, it, it has a poor and sad fall to it. But you have to stay upbeat for your own mental health. Yeah. And what's 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 kind of like your take on it? You know, you know, if you can give your opinion on it, or what's your take on things? I mean, I know mental health is. I believe, you know, mental health is going to be. The biggest, I mean, it's going to be the biggest. I mean, we can talk about deaths as much as we want because, yes, that's not to put anything on on deaths because we have deaths from the flu. Um, but the, the the mental health is going to be, people's mental health is going to be the biggest fallout. I mean, what's your take on that? Uh, it, it, it's, um, it, it is a problem. Um, I take it, 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 it is, it will affect many people from all ages. It, 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 doesn't matter how old you are or young. I mean, when you see children who three or four and, and don't understand why they can't play with their friends or go to school, um, when that's the time where children at that age want to be at school because they want to see their friends and they can't, it, you hear you hear how they feel. And that might be from a four-year-old. They, they just don't get it. They don't understand it. They 
they don't know why they can't see their friends. So it doesn't matter what age you are, it's affecting everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, you, and you're perfectly right. And, it's, and we often think, we often look at children think, oh, because of, you know, maybe in the house playing and or whatever they're doing, that they're not actually thinking or not actually, they haven't got any thoughts or anything, they're just playing, but really, we all are. We all are. We all are human. Just because we, they don't have adult thoughts or think like what we do, can't comprehend certain things, they do have thoughts. Um, so you, I, I think you, you, you're right there. So in terms of, you know, I spoke to somebody the other day, and they were in London, and they were near. Oh, what's it called now? With the with the, the London Eye around that area. Yes, yes, yeah, sort of Waterloo area. Yeah, and yes. they were saying that how it was like a, it was at that time, maybe it's like a few weeks back now, it was like a ghost town. How have you found it? It has been a ghost town, but you know, it, it, when we were in lockdown during the summer, the the only the only thing that I gleaned and was happy about was actually hearing no traffic, but hearing the sounds of birds. Yeah. And animals scattered around, and the and the air seemed very clean and clear. Um, and there was bird sounds that I've not heard for years. Not that I'm any avid bird watcher. No, no. It was just that the, the tranquility was totally different. Yeah. And I live, you know, I'm I'm in London. You know, one of the busiest places in the world. I'm in London, so it it was there was a big difference and. The quietness was surreal. Yeah, and also you, like, you, you said that you don't, you know, you're not a thing. You don't you, at that time. You and any time you don't need to be, a, you know, you know, a bird watcher or anything like that because, you, like you said, you could, you can. It's like night and day, isn't it? It's like it was yeah. so quiet that you could before. You probably wouldn't even recognise um, hearing birds, and then all of a sudden there's a quiet, and all of a sudden, oh, that's the sound of birds. That's the sound of animals or. Oh, so yeah, it's like you say, it's, it's completely different um, yeah. time and place. So let's talk about um, let's talk about London and, and let's talk about um, you know you and, and and your area. What area? What area in London are you, are you? Were you born in or are you are you from now? I'm, I'm a typical South London boy. Um, born in South, born and bred in South London. Schooled in South London. Um, Dominic worked in South London so um, yeah grew up back in the days um, from a, a typical West Indian family yeah. um, I remember my mom, mother saying to me oh we're going to move to this nice area some nice council estate she sold it to me brilliant moved to this particular council estate and yes, it, it, it seemed nice uh, back in the early in the early days. Um, woke up one, one morning when school came back. There's a pub across the road. Thinking, oh, very busy. My mother had only moved us, me, across the road from the National Front headquarters pub. So that was my first experience. Yeah. And uh, the area I grew up in was very much a lot of skinheads, a lot of National Front back in the days. Um, but you know what? 
we learn to live yeah. together in, in, in a certain way you know by being an, another uh, black boy to, three of us in total yeah. went to different schools we would meet up sometimes after school at the chip shop in, in, in this area and um, we'd be eating a bag of chips the skinners would be looking at us we'd be looking at them we'd be plotting to say okay it's time for us to run and we'd be chased and we'd be running off in different directions and we'd say to each other we'll see you tomorrow and it was a regular occurrence <laughs> <laughs> which we're, <laughs> we're a very regular occurrence which, it's funny, which isn't it? because, only made us it's funny because when, when we just talk about sorry to cut you because when we talk about kids just then how they do have thought processes and 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 there was there's an element of that thought process where it's almost like a chase. Yeah, there's that thing of wanting to chase. And and for the listeners out there, what you, you, because some people might not know who I mean, you mentioned skinheads, you mentioned National Front. For some people out there, might not know who National Front were or are. Can you kind of give us a kind of oversight of who they were or at the time because it's the UK. Well, it, it, the National Front is generally a far-right group who didn't like anyone who was not white of, of their colour or from from British, English-born far-right group. And it was very popular back in the uh, sort of 70s, 80s. Um, and it used to be a very... And it used to be followed by what we called skinheads, which would be basically white males, uh, Germany, and and females actually to a certain bit. They leave short shaved the sides of their hair, uh, tattoos, green bomber jackets, Doctor Martin boots, tight jeans, and uh, they didn't like didn't like me <laughs> or us. Um, but um, you got used to it. You 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 became how can I put it? You put your defences up, and you you worked out your ways of getting away and not being involved. And especially during time of election um, periods, you would get magazine leaflets through your door um, with pictures of um, black people being. Hang, hang, hung, or or whatever, or being called names and, and all sorts of things. And those are the times because you knew they were coming up. You you kept your you kept yourself indoors. You kept out of the way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you um. Yeah, we you learn to survive, survive, fight or survive. You know, yeah. it's one of those scenarios. So before that, you, <laughs> you had you had you experienced anything like that before? No, um, not no, no, not not at all. Not that I could remember. Yeah. I think it was when I was sort of travelling from middle school up to my secondary school. That is when I, I suppose, I came uh, became observant yeah. of the fact. Because when you're young, you, you tend to not, you know, you, you're generally with your parents, aren't you? And you, yeah, yeah. you, you, you your your mind's not about, you know, whether who was that person looking at you or calling you a name for because you don't really understand. It's when you start to understand the world 
and it's your surroundings and you start to adventure out by yourself that you think, hold a second, <laughs> you know, this is going on and the, and, the, and the reasons behind why it's going on. So you, you don't tend to realise until you start start adventuring yourself. Yeah. So what was your? Can you remember your first? You because I think because we, we we kind of we're talking about mental health and we're talking about you know us as us as black men and our experiences and your experiences and and. and you know, it's funny because they don't tend to differ from one person. I don't mean differ as, I don't mean that in a thingy sense, but I mean, we, we, it's funny because we, no matter where, in, in certain aspects, no matter where we've come from, what part of the country or wherever we come from, we seem to experience a certain aspect of society. Um, and obviously that aspect is, is, is racism, which can affect us growing up, whether it's teachers or whether it's, whether it's other outside aspects. Um, what was your first? You, you, you. So you basically you, you almost you land in this place. You see a pub. What was your first experience like? Of, um, of that. It, it was quite scary actually, um, because the area uh, we moved to was was very. My first experience was it was quite scary and, and quite frightening. In, in, in retrospect um, but as you started to become part of the estate and um, you started playing and running I suppose you could say running with the walls around there and, and mixing it, you know I started mixing with white kids as well as black kids yeah. and then when you started mixing after after a while my first experience was very scary and then what they were doing was quite scary and then you started mixing it it changed perception you know this sounds weird but after a while their children that these uh, far right uh, people had we started mixing at school and mixing playing together and a couple of funny scenarios were was that you know I could walk I walked through the states with my friends that I told you about we used to yeah. do runners yeah. after we started growing up a bit and we started going into with our white friends into their houses and their, and their families these far right people used to turn and say oh it's alright we know him. He's he's poor. He's he's, he's from the state. He's he's okay. Come in, <laughs> and the same far right people who would haven't hating black and, and Asian and anyone who was not the same colour as them began to welcome me and my friends in their homes, playing with their kids. Yeah. Funny funny scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's surreal. You you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't notice it. It was kind of, well, hang on, how did we get from running and being hated and then wanting to kill us to now we was one of the one of the, the, the lads and boys and and yeah you know we can mix with the mix with the daughters and the sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so give, give us one. To, give us. You said it was the, like the first the first time it was scary. What? Because you said it was scary. What kind of scenario was you in? Was it just? Was it you? You seen them? Just being chased. Chase, just the chase, and just kind of. And we're being chased. Things and. Mm. Being chased, and if you get caught, you knew you was going to get a good, good kicking. Yeah. You know. Um, so it was the aspects of not getting caught and the fact is that obviously they start getting wise and splitting up and trying to corner you so that was a scary moment and you, you on some occasions or some weeks you know we didn't venture out you know we, we kind of like locked ourselves in in, in your home because you knew it was safe to a certain degree you know um so we didn't venture out at all um, and then on days where they had all the National Front sort of meetings and stuff didn't go out at all you know because they were across the road you couldn't take the risk you stayed in yeah. so it had an effect that you couldn't so couldn't socialise with my friends or mix with my friends because you know you had to think of your safety and did you, did you know, I'm, I'm just wondering this aspect as well, did you know that the, 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 the kids that, that you mixed with, the white kids that you mixed with, did you know that they're far, before you went into their houses, did you know that, or was it kind of like, you went to the house and you're like, oh, um, this person, did, did you know that they were um, far right before that, or... Was it no, like, not, really, because it's just like, plain. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, right, okay. I'm in this environment. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they kind of, they, they kind of justified you and said, yeah, friend, and then and, and, and you live on sort of same estate and go to the same school, and it, 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 it seemed to be fine, acceptable, you know. Um, there was... But they, you know, didn't stop them from going out and and voting or or protesting about immigration and immigrants and and so forth and and you know. But the kids, we mingled, we played. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Just wait, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've got lots of. You know, I'm sure we can talk about in the future episodes and lots of stories about. You know, I'm sure there must be loads of stories because you know, you know, often I've read things to do with, um, you know, the, 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 you know, London and the hooligan aspect of, you know, you know, a lot, yeah. and and obviously I'm connecting that because of, you know, at the time, 70s and 80s with, with the, the far right and things like that. Um, so, what area? What area were you? You say south of London. What area was it? Is it where south South London is? Um, is that more Chelsea area? Is no, 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 no. It's southwest London. So you're talking about um, kind of um, Surrey area, Mitcham, Wimbledon, around those yeah, areas. Yeah, right, right, right. right yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. That's so it was. So, so for you growing up, then you, you, you. Um, have you how that? How did that help you to kind of? Did it? Did it kind of toughen you up, or did it? Did you know, what, how did that kind of help you? It, tough, it definitely toughens you up. It, it definitely toughens you up as a person. 
mentally and physically um you know you 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 had to become a strong person you know um fortunately your your parents back then live in a world of oh, everything's rosy and happy yeah but they didn't see the they didn't see the dark side to things you know because obviously they're not they're not with you 24 hours a day so um you know it, it definitely toughened you up as a person um you know and from there you I suppose the blessings I had was from there I you know my 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 parents got me involved in in clubs and activities and one sport I excelled on was swimming which for many people was an unusual sport that people seem to think um, is unusual for black people but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where they get it from because <laughs> most 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 black people on the islands are surrounded by sea and, by sea and water so you know you, you had you had no choice in, in back in the uh, those parts of the world to swim anyway yeah, yeah. so you know um, but it's a strange phenomenal that they they felt that black people couldn't swim but I, I, you know I swam again I was only putting one or two out of two black boys or black of colour anyway yeah. in the, in this in this swimming club and hit the national junior swimming um, team you know, so um, so yeah, you know, I, I represented. I done the Surrey Champions. I was in junior European. Um, you know, it was my it was my swimming, and I excelled in it. Yeah. So what was um around you know as growing up and as and you've grown up around um the the the, the far right and then all the other aspects of it. What was you know, you, you've done the swimming. What was life for you, like for you as a, a, as well as that, as a as a black boy, as a, a young man and a boy? What was life uh, like for you around that area in London and and, and things like that? It, it it was a bit. It was um. It was difficult. Um, you know, school wasn't easy. You know, you still had met up with racist teachers and. You know, um, and but I think getting me focus was, you know, you have to put your, your take your hat off to to my mother. She she got me focus into into sports and clubs um, and activities. You know, and um, sort of kept me off. The, the street um, as such you know we, you can easily be running around with your friends all the time and I, and I got involved in different things from scouts um, to to swimming to judo you know to martial arts and all sorts of things was never an athlete never a good runner um, wasn't my forte um, or things of that nature but um, so no Usain Bolt then no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a rival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just the one who shoots. I'm just the one who shoots the starter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, def- definitely, definitely wasn't a runner, but a, a different aspect in the water, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, I was kept busy doing bits and pieces and, and school and you know education and keeping you know keeping me straight and narrow. I mean, I was I used to go to church from a young age. So it, it, all those kind of things, so just kept me focused, I suppose. Yeah. Was it ever? Because I think I'm, I think I'm trying to get a picture of, of you and 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 the listeners. So, you know, because what you're doing, you know, you, 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 your work that you're doing now, and everything, I'm, I'm sure that is a part of what of you from your. Because we all have, we all have backgrounds, and we all have. Um, yeah. Things that we we wanted to do or dreams or whatever, and then somehow that those man those dreams can manifest into a work, a type of work that we do in terms of helping people. So, yes, for you, you you've done all these things um, as you as a young age, and you kind of kept. Rel- you say relatively safe <laughs> you kept relatively safe. Was you kept relatively safe? I don't know. But what I was saying to you is that your you, you've done all these things. You faced you you faced with you know racism at its at its at its kind of purest in a sense in that way. Um, for you growing up and you and you've had to instill a mental toughness. Um, were there any sort of hairy apart from, you know I'll say hairy moments. Were there any moments where you 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 could have felt victim to the streets in terms of or just you know going the wrong path. Well, it could do because most of the people you used to hang around with, funny enough, were, you know, they end up back in the days getting in trouble, getting arrested and doing prison times. And you could have been that way inclined. Um, but funny enough, the, 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 one of, one of my, one of my friends, friends who we used to run away for skinheads together, you know, he lived one side of, of say Mitch, I lived the other side of Mitchum and we just do a runner. You know, it, it's funny enough, later in life, we, we he had joined the police services as, much, as well as I had, you know. Um, so, you know, because we lost contact with each other for for a few years, you know, when you get to that sort of educational stage, um, start to be a young adult and you, you move moved on a bit and then it was only it was one early morning when I was a young probation young police officer that um, I was patrolling um, the streets of, of Clapping Junction Lavender Hill and there was a post office armed robbery in the morning um, and I remember fighting with the um, trying to restrain the uh, suspect a lone suspect and um, calling for assistance and uh, all I saw was a, a pair of police boots running in and helping me restrain the suspect not looking up by keeping an eye on the suspect because obviously he was dangerous and then it was my friend I grew up with who also joined but he was on a different division close by and heard my call on the radio and came to my aid you know, so it is. It was kind of wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could have we could have gone in to- totally different situations. We could have been 
been, you know, photographed, arrested, and by the police. You could have, we could have gone into that kind of scenario, but we didn't. And we we took, I think, because of what we saw and how we saw things. Um, I think it was a collective of taking a different angle and a different look at life, and and thinking, no, I don't want to be that or do that. I want to be this. Yeah. You know, I want to, uh, I, I want to, you know, I'm law by the citizen and, and, and do something that I can help the community. Um, and that's what I did. Yeah. So what, have you, have you, did you, because quite often, like I said, we, I said, we move into paths and there's certain things we may have wanted to be. Some people want to be that thing and then they go for it um, and, they, and, they, and they've got it. Have you? Did you always want to be the police, or is it something that just you saw that this there's certain aspects that of 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 you know life around you that thought, oh, you know what, maybe I can make a difference by being in the police force. What what was what was your what was your take on your your career and, and what you wanted to be? Well, funny enough, no, um, I uh, sort of studied went. To school, College and polytechnics and so forth. Polytechnics, um, okay, polytechnics. Gosh, that's a word. Yeah, yeah it's a long, <laughs> the old word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, it's between a university and a college. Yeah, college. Um, higher education. But um, I, I started off there and trained as a sort of communication engineer, and actually um, doing well. Got a job. Um, I was employed by the government home office right. um, and one of my first jobs um, well postings I should say was actually um, and again it was actually working with you know within supporting the protection of the sort of royal family so you know I had the privilege of going around to different palaces and, and you know entering and then sort of doing engineer telecommunication work uh, and watching how uh, the world protection teams worked you know or how they operate and seeing some of the royal family you know walking past them and you know etc so that's what I did for a few years you know totally different I was gonna say, I was gonna look at, I was gonna, this, uh, this is my mind more because I, I can, I'm a, beef, a bit of a deep thinker. Um, I've got, I'm not a bit of a deep, but I am a deep thinker and, and analyse things. And I looked at that there and I thought, gosh, look at the irony of that is that you had people who would say, you know, BMP who would say, oh yeah, queen and country and all that sort of stuff. And, and they would attack you or attack you know attack black people or whatever or people of colour and yet here you are probably one of your first jobs you're actually going into going into the palace do you see what I mean there's a bit there's a bit of I don't know if you ever thought of it like that but I just thought of the same I thought God, look at the irony of that and how life oh, yeah, no. deals with it's, us it, it, yeah it, it is it is irony it's quite funny it's quite quite surreal you know I, I I had access I was able to go go into into different parts and I you know even even to the point I was you know 
invited to staff parties, you know, so Christmas staff parties there. So, you know, I was part of the part of the team as such. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, which is quite quite weird and, and awesome at the, at the same time, you know. Quite surreal in a sense, because like you say, from when you're bringing in, from that, you come from, and, you, and I'm sure you spoke about your mum as well. You know, I'm sure she must be proud of you. Um, at, at, you know, yeah, yeah she should have been proud of you anyway. I'm sure you know, she's proud of you for even, even, you know, yeah, son, son, you wanna get me, get me in, <laughs> son. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Very, very proud, very proud uh, parents. I, I, I remember one day I was, you know, when you get a teenager, you're like, I'm not going to college. I don't want it. I just, I was in my music, uh, and I, I remember my, I remember my parents. My mother was saying, "Let's go, okay, then, not worried. Let's go for a drive and so forth." Jumped in there, first ever car she managed to buy, and was driving around, and I'm listening to my music, not paying attention. I remember she. she we pulled up and I looked and I said, this is my college. My mum grabbed me by the ear and marched me straight in to college and said, if you think I'm going to have you at home listening to music and not studying, you've got another thing, another to answer. And grabbed me and took me straight to the principal office, sat me down and said, here he is. He's a bit late, but he will be here every day. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. You, you, what made you then want to become a police officer? Because obviously, being a police officer would have been, I don't know if it's probably still is now in a sense. Well, it is in a sense. But back then, it would have been like a taboo subject for a black person, a black man as well, to be um, not just from a, from a community of black community. Um, you know, in the UK, what, what made you come to that kind of decision or thought? Well, I just, I just thought I, I, I saw what they were doing, and I remember um, there was a, a a detective sergeant um, who I worked with, besides doing sort of working around the palaces but I was doing another part of, of, of the work in my time with the government and um, she asked me she said well why don't you become a police officer and I said nah and she said no why don't you and um, from that day I kind of looked at it and I went for it and I eventually became uh, trying to please also yes it, there was very little of us I mean I, I think in the whole of what we call an intake which is a sort of you know period of time on in my intake there's probably there were probably five black males black officers out of 160 wow. or so intake back then in the early 90s um, but we we funny enough most of us are still friends and still keep in contact because I think of that history um, but we did have a laugh though 
you know back then we we do something like early morning parade so you're up your boots are shined your shirts are ironed your trousers all creasy pressed and stuff you're in your uniform for early morning parade but what we used to do is swap classes so even though there might be say a to g class we would swap classes on purpose uh, once we've got our confidence up and uh, they can never tell which one of us belonged to the right classes. We've done that for a few months, uh, <laughs> a, a good few, few few weeks, constantly. Just, just, just I'll be in my friend's class who is there and when the um, inspectors or chief inspectors used to come out and parade because they didn't see us on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know, and you have class duties and sometimes they'd be on parade or might not be parading it. So many, they, they didn't often um, sort of walk around and, and um, inspect us. But we would swap classes here and there. Not not too often, obviously, you'd get noticed, but we did do it just for a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we did do it and we got away with it. <laughs> So your, how what was your first one of your first? Ex, I mean, two things here really. What was your, what was one of your first experiences of, of life in in the police force? And also, um, what, as a black man, what did you, um, what did you, in terms of as being a black man, what, what how did you, how was you, how were you taken by, you, our community, and, and did you ever face kind of racism on kind of different levels yeah yes and yes um our community the older community back then loved it and welcomed it and you know i i could be walking down the street back then you know you 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 patrolled on your own quite a bit um and um you know it's and the old community would welcome it. They would smile. They would, they would say welcome, thank you. Um, you know, I get I get invited. I get invited. Um, you know, to come and eat and have a a same tweet with with our community. The older members, yeah. the the younger me- members were. Yeah, I got called all sorts of things. Called sellout, coconut. I got I got called many. Things you know, um, and abuse again, but in in a police service, yeah, it was a it was a one of those things where women and people of color were not really accepted in the police service in in the back in the days, and you you know, I had racism in in there from other colleagues. You know, um, yeah, certain aspects of life. Yeah, it was it was difficult because there wasn't many. I think I was the only. I think there was only two of us, uh, people of colour, an Asian officer and myself, in that area at the time. Out of probably about seven hundred police officers. So yeah, we kind of, yeah, kind of on your own really. Yeah, because I spoke to a police officer who's in the Leicester's police force for 30 years and he he said the same he said there was you know he came you know he came across racism quite a number of times and 
um, I think he says that, I'm sure he said that first time, it, it really, it really shocked him. Um, and so you faced, you because you faced um, the BMP and then you facing racing me, was you able, do you feel that you were able to, to deal with it? Do you think you were, because of that experience, you were able to deal with it better than if you, if you didn't face it? If you weren't a person that faced racism, you just also need to come into police force and all, you know, you know, in an institution that's meant to protect and serve, you're facing from other, from other colleagues. You're actually facing. I mean, was it a shock or was it you? You were able to deal with it. It, it was a shock. It was. It was it's different. It's different level. It's you know, you, you you knew where you were with the skinheads. They don't like you. You don't like them. You run, or you fight, you know, or, you know, you, you stand your ground. You, you knew where you were coming from. But in the peace service, obviously, the the, the level of, of intelligence and, and obviously, and how it's done, it, it was far greater, you know, and quite a bit, obviously, was a shock, you know. Um, you suck. You, it's things the system that the processes they had were kind of used back then uh, against you so you you know there was a lot of things because if you didn't get on you know it, it could have been anything from not getting help when you needed help or yeah. support or it was just it was different it's a different world and obviously it's more dangerous world because you're now dawning a blue uniform and you, you're upholding the law. So you're more of a target for just, and you would be if you was just in your jeans, trainers and t-shirt, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so you did the level and it wasn't just from, you, you didn't just get it from within, you got it again from the community and those who weren't part of your, that community as well. So. I had a you, you had a kind of three prong prong yeah. attack, yeah. you know that you had to be on your wits and can keep on your toes to to sort of bat away or deal with, you know. And it, it did, did 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 does get like you said mental health does get you down a bit, and it did make you not want to go to work, and it did depress you. You did try to put your head up and, and carry on. But like it did get to you and, and, and bind you after a while, after a while, and you know, it, it, I think it was only from meeting um, another colleague who who'd been promoted back at the time that that you you began to support each other and um, and and. Uh, Begun to sort of have a voice and, and stand your ground, so you know it's um it, it does have an adverse effect on you yeah. mentally and emotionally. Yeah, and give us, give you us, know, give, give the listeners out there a, a, a time where it really affected you to the point where you like said you, you didn't want to come in, or, and how did that make you feel, and what did you do? Because you're here now to tell the tale. So, how, what did you do to help help you? You know, because I always talk, I talk about this a lot on the, on the on this series about coping mechanisms. What did you do to? Because you spoke about sports in your younger ages, and and that would have helped you. Because obviously, 
that would have helped you cope over teenage life and and things so um what was going off on the street or what was going off in terms of home life and that would help you cope so what now you're you're a great you're a man and you're a young man and you're in, in the team in the police force and your face and it's coming up with this three-pronged attack these all attacks from all areas what do you give us an aspect when and what do you struggle to cope and then what did you do to help what did you do to kind of help you speak to your mum or what, what was it i think it, it, it's, it's kind of the anxiety as i back then you know it's, it's many many moons ago and you're kind of starting up life family is your it was the anxiety any time I got closer to my place of work, I felt my anxiety rising. Yeah. It, it seemed that I was using your mind takes you like you're in slow motion. As you you start off at a fast pace leaving your home, and as you got closer, you're still at that fast pace, but it feels like you're walking in slow motion. Yeah. And you're walking backwards trying to not reach that desti- destination. Yeah. You know, um, and that's how I felt for for quite a while, um, you know, to the point I was ready to jack it in, you know, and um, and think this is not for me. I can't cope with this. This this un, unless unseen pressure. Yeah. You know. Um, so emotionally, it, it, it brought you down. You Paul, has your voice? Have you moved positions? I can you you have you moved positions? Oh, not at all. Oh no, I can hear you now. Clear it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of you kind of um, it, it, it kind of made you. I don't know. It made you fold into yourself. Yeah. Um, and bec- you, you you become sort of I suppose isolated. You didn't know who. There was no one of of color to to speak to. Yeah. Uh, no one personal who looked like me, I should say, to speak to, 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 to us about their experience and how they felt. Yeah. Um, it was, it was kind of, um, yeah, it, for a while, you know, you start, you start not sleeping at night. You, you start waking up early, kind of sort of nightmare, type scenarios you, you, you you're trying to make sure sure that you're perfect and you know what it's like in the Western family they say you have to work twice as hard yeah. to be recognised yeah. so you, you you end up doing more and more to kind just of to be on the same level yeah and also to try to help you help you cope with the aspect of whatever's going on so that kind of yeah I know yeah definitely um and I think it was down to literally one person who who joined our division, um, you know, who I was able to speak to, who had been in the force a, a bit longer than I had, uh, and that you know that was Paul Wilson, um, you know, and you know pulled me aside and spoke to me as a young probationer, told me to hold my head up high. You know, and and sort of showed me how to deal with certain issues within the police in life that sort of made me sort of bring my bring make me stand up even more, my shoulders back, and not 
withdrawn and um, and started coping with, with different scenarios. Um, you know, and again, having someone I could speak to, you know, um, for a friend of mine like Neil Basu, you know, we, 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 we all talked and, and those, those things sort of helped sort of get rid of that anxiety. And from there, I think it changed my whole mindset with that, you know, there's more, there's other people like me out there in the police service. And I think they need, they need my support and help. And that's when I learned and obtained the skill of, of supporting and helping others. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, like I say, it's it's it's, um, it's fascinating listening to you and, and kind of talking and talking about this because this is something that we, you know, you often read, you know, often. It's kind of the time of me, as I've I've heard, you know, stories of you know, um, black men who have been in, you know, we're talking about the, the racism and, and talk about the, being in the police force and and. I remember a couple of years, a few years back when they had ten years ago, whenever it was, they had McPherson reporting them saying, you know, about you know, um, that it, you know, quite often these things are swept under the carpet, and and the McPherson report report kind of highlighted that it does these things do happen, and now it's it's interesting to actually hear the stories that it, you know there was racism and and how it affected how it because we often think that um, it doesn't. You know, we look at football and things like that, and the players say, "Oh, we just played on," but they never really say how it affected them, how the racism affected them. Just banana skins being thrown on and this, that, and other. But you're getting it. You're not just getting banana. You're not getting banana skins. You're getting actually voices shouting across the road, or or where you're getting certain. And you're protecting. It's a completely different job where you're actually protecting the public um, from. What we'll say the, the 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 bad guys or whatever you want to call them. Um, so your you your and you you what sort of thing? What other things did you what did you do to cope? I mean, and there's another thing as well. Was it? Did you go to the, the, the you know the person that you spoke to? Did you go to them or did they recognise that something was happening? How how did you manage to? Because you know, quite often as men we we keep things in, and and we don't speak. Did I you think, speak I think... to anybody? Yeah, I think that person um, obviously could see I was unhappy, um, you know, and approached me. Because um, sometimes you, you you go to, when we had canteens in the police stations, you know, sometimes you end up sitting on your own, but kind of, and that person approached me, you know, um, and, and saw uh, how unhappy I was, you know. Um, and then we had a, 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 there wasn't many black officers on the whole of the division, which sort of covered Battersea, uh, Nine Elms, Trinity Road and, and, um, and Lavender Hill. Um, you know, there's a more, a few more black faces that joined. Um, but really, realistically, you know, you could count them on one hand. Um, compared to the whole makeup of that division you know so um, I think it was just that they approached approached me and we spoke gave me some words of wisdom um, you know supported encouraged nurtured um, 
and that's when I started to, you know, lift, lift up, lift up and keep my head above the wall to lift up my head and say, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And, and for those people, for people out there that, you know, who might want to, we say the word anxiety and, it, and obviously it has the same connotations, the word anxiety, but for each individual person, it means different things and it kind of go through different experience. What was, what was your, what was your, you know, like what, how did, what was that anxiety feel like for you? And what was it? Was it, was it cold sweat? Was you, was you waking up at night? Was you, what, what was anxiety for you? Waking up at night, um, worried, nervous, you know, wanted to make sure I was doing things well, um, was very, um, you know, it, 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 it can be sort of sweaty, nervous moments, or you, you, you could be thinking so hard to get things right that you actually forget certain things and do things wrong. Um, you, you make mistakes because you're so, so hell bent on getting it right that you're overthinking things. So, you know, it, 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 it was just that kind of that kind of issue, you know. Um, it was a, it was it was kind of um, yeah. That's that was it. that was my anxiety, as well as you know, with that you had the aspect of the racism as well. Yeah. You know, you had to you had to how can I put it? Where someone else would just have say one item to think about. If I wanted to work, I'd have three or four items to think about. Uh, at the same time because the way it was you know uh, I remember being the young probation in the front office at, uh, at Lone Hill Police Station and a, a older white lady came in um, probably sort of more or less couldn't see uh, such very blurred vision and the first thing she said was officer officer some darkies just robbed me well you know, that's a comment that came out of her mouth. And uh, the rest of the team who were next door were in stitches on the floor. So you could see how that kind of, sort of, you know, back then, the kind of attitude and, you know, um, she didn't mean it by any malice, but it, she, she obviously couldn't clearly see that, that I was a black officer, you know. In a lot of respects, in a sense, it was a good thing that she said it because you actually knew what she was thinking. This is what I mean. In, in that aspect, yeah, yeah. It's not hidden, um, which quite often it, it it is. They'll come and say something and, and to you, and, and it's and it's hidden. Um, so, and and I think what I'm trying to get at as well is you spoke to someone, but before that, before you even got to speaking, you know, meeting somebody and speaking to somebody who who's on the same level. As, as you and 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 what you you clearly didn't leave the force or you might have been in a version so what kept you there what what was it about you that kept you um going in day to day and saying right i'm going to i'm going to stick with this job i'm going to sing it even through all the anxiety what things what things did you do to cope you know did you go home and was it putting the TV on, or was it? What did you did you did you just get into your work more and try and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a better environment, 
even though things around you were kind of chipping away at you, what things did you do to cope with that anxiety? Um, I think it, a lot of things, sort of, you know, church life and yeah. Yeah. having a young family, yeah. it focused you that you need to make this world better for your young family to have a better pathway through. So that was my determination. I'm not. I'm not a quitter. It, it. It. You know. Even though I might be going through hard times and stuff, my focus was just to was focused on not quitting, but persevering. And if I get to the stage where I'm persevering, that I'm gonna have. I'm gonna make change and supporting and helping others was my pathway to build to build rebuilding my my confidence and and knowing that okay this needs to change and I'm gonna do my very best to make change so that more officers from the ethnic background um, would have a smoother pathway into the police service so that 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 was that was my sort of target future target perspective on things and knowing that I, I couldn't quit I didn't want to quit I could have done um, but I didn't because I thought you know what I do like, like the, I do like the environment I do like the type of job I, I met met wonderful people in the community you know um for my own community that I would ordinarily not have met in, in normal day to day who you know I've never had so much soul food in my life you know walking on patrol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh just imagine you walk around with you know in, in, in America when they talk about donuts and stuff like that you know, the police officers and, and you know you're yes. talking about walking around with in London with um with uh, mummy planting and, and rice and peas and all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll get invited, you know, because they 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 be staring because they, they literally never not seen a black officer and they be I'll be stared at. You know, the older generation would come up and say, "Well done," you know, "Proud of you," and you think, "Oh." And then you know, as you get to know your beats and your areas and the community. You know, uh, I, I get invited. You know, I became a what you call a home beat officer, which is a safer neighbourhood officer yeah. in my young age, young service. And um, you know, I, I I didn't have to worry about whether I need to bring sandwiches to work or anything. You know, <laughs> they they would they would treat me all day long. You know, yeah. it's you know I would sit there and talk to community, and it wouldn't just be. It would just be all black community, black and white community, and nature community, any, anyone. And I got to know them, and you know, and um, you know, I, I, I can remember one day I'm talking to this uh, this this lady. She owned a few shops, really nice lady, in sort of uh, off Trinity Road, Tooting area. And um, I got my uniform on, and she to come in because I was a local home beat officer. She, you know, and uh, 
she'd get me, make me a cup of tea and a sandwich. I wrote, and she had a swimming pool, so I rode up, rode up my police trousers, like my feet dipping in the swimming pool <laughs> on a summer's day, talking, you know, yeah. talking about the community yeah. <laughs> while I'm on duty, you know, being yeah. called, you know. And I, I, I mean, that, that's called, you know, working with your community and community relations. So, you know, it, it, it was, it was nice, yeah. yeah so it's perks for the job. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the reason why you, the reason why you didn't quit is because it wasn't because of resilience. It was because the soul, soul food and, and dipping your feet in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, that, and it's funny because you know, we can laugh about this as well. I mean, you know, it's you know because I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've got hundreds and hundreds of stories. You spoke about the. You know the, yeah. the, the bank robber and things. I mean, I mean, this could be different. We can go on for different ep- episodes. This is going to make make really yeah, of good listening. Um, so what what brought you then into the, the what made you? Because I can hear it because you said about wanting to help people and helping others into a pathway. So I'm going to bring this in now. What's brought you into now? Your your how did you make your way into the role that you've got now? Well, firstly, uh, back in sort of 1994, like I said. Um, I became a member, the second member of the uh, Metropolitan Black Police Association. Um, You know, um, and dealt with support um, and different aspects because obviously, regarding this sort of fierce report and the Bristol seminars, uh, black officers around the country, different forces, were facing similar scenarios. Um, and there was no support, no development, no protection and such. And so it was recognised by individuals um, and it became the Bristol Seminar where they gathered all black officers, black Asian officers across the country and discussed about support. And then from there, there was the invention of uh, the Black Peace Association, which doesn't mean it's just for black people. Black is a generic word of people non-white. So it's not, you know, black African, black Caribbean. It was, it was generic of people non-white. So it was called Black Police Association. So, um, and it dealt with black, Asian, minority, ethnic personnel. And it was a kind of support mechanism. So these started off firstly in, in the Metropolitan Police and then it started taking off in different forces across the country, England and Wales, Northern Ireland, etc. Um, and even, you know, Scotland. Um, so you had this network that you could feed from and, and share working experience and, and living experience. Um, I spent many years in the, in the, in the, in the BPA executive supporting set up a support network and started training uh, staff to join support network and managing support network and helping those officers who had issues that related to their race um, and sort of specialised in that field kind of you know because not everyone got it even you know even though we had a a federation which is like the police union uh, Germany but when it came to certain issues, the Federation reps didn't understand these certain issues because they didn't share the same common experience. 
Um, from there, I went on to the National BPA, which is uh, National Black Police Association, as part of the executive team. Uh, again, um, as a as a sort of national arena, and supporting many people across different different parts of of of, of the UK. And um, I then moved on to where we used to liaise with the Federation and sort of explain some sort of issues regarding equality and and diversity inclusion. Yeah. Um, always liaise with the with, with the, the Federation. Um, there was an opportunity for me to become a Federation representative, so I did so. Um, which was always seen to be predominantly white males. Um, I went in there and changed, then I was elected to go on to the National Police Federation England Wells. Um, what we called them was the Black Asian Minority Ethnic and Bain Belief Group. And then from there I was elected to be chair, where I am now. Um, yeah, we myself and three other groups which is the women's forums the lgbt plus and the disability forum uh are part of the equality strategy um for the future and it's it's changed the the concept of the national police federation um that this representative reflect the community um we serve across the whole of the UK, across England, Wales. And also to look at change in policing generally. We we are a statutory body compared to the BPA or anything else. And we actually have a membership of 130,000 police officers. Um, and out of that, um, we, you know, um, we have obviously officers from Black Asian minority and ethnic community out of that, that, you know, as the chair of on their voice, you know, throughout the country. So um, it's, and we, our, our, our aim is to, it's also be critical friends of different police officers across the country and, um, and make change. And, um, they're doing so. They are, the police officers have listened to the community. They've listened to the stop and search disparities. They've listened to different things, and they are they are doing lots of work that never ever been seen before in making positive change, dealing with unconscious bias, cultural intelligence, cultural confidence, understanding from all aspects to to you know, connect with the community. Because sometimes, police, we live on tradition. Yeah. But our tradition doesn't modernise with the, the modern society. Yeah. Um, and they've realised that, you know, I've just, I've, I've been re- recently seconded to the commissioner and deputy commissioner's delivery group, um, which is about focusing on black people um, which are the prescribed minority who are being affected by policing in the communities the most in London so um, 
what we're doing is working on positive change and training of peace officers, internal engagement and external engagement with members of the community who had been affected, whether they've lost lost children or severe stops and anxiety. So the, the delivery group working on a talented team of, of people who were selected to look at our, our policing policies and our processes and actually readdress them to and and either get rid of policies that we, we shouldn't, shouldn't have or or look at them and 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 deal with it so we we have a better cohesive um community policing community and that's what we're working on at the moment so there's a lot of change especially the, the metropolitan police are uh, forefront in, in in driving that change because uh, they've got the biggest force and the biggest number of complaints they they the commissioner you know not people might not agree with her or and the deputy commissioner but i've got to say it's the first time that two commissioners have actually said you know what i want this change and we need this change and they're driving for change nothing else matters they obviously the protecting of their police and their staff is, is their main focus but they are driving hammer and nail for change the concept and the ideology of policing in a diverse community yeah. and do, do you see that i mean yeah there's a, and and what you spoke i mean you know all, pa- all power to you to to to, to you know from getting from yeah, you know, say humble, humble. I'm not saying you're not humble now, but from humble beginnings to becoming, you know, a chair of such a, you know, a powerful organisation. And your, you know, how 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 do you see yourself now? How do you see yourself in terms of, you know, deep, in terms of, you know, as as the anxiety subsided, there's a times where it may come out, and also, how do you see? Um, some of the changes in terms of is mental health part of that change in the police force as well um not just very very much so very much so we we are very big on well-being because you know it's all it's all great we're doing change but you know if we don't get it right with the community officers get injured daily i mean the mental officers get injured daily uh, or you know it's, it's horrendous yeah. and we, 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 we're not a, a gun tooting police country or police service yeah. you know so officers get injured because if the community hates you you get injured that is anxiety and fear in every officer doesn't matter whether you think we wear a blue uniform we think we're invincible that we're human beings and no, no officer wants to be injured but you know, um, so that is always a fear when they go out on the street. It's, that's you know, and our work is to, you know, if you have a better relationship, less officers get injured. So there is a well-being which is massive. Which there's a lot of work we do in the well-being, and you know, and it's one of my colleagues, um, Belinda Goodwin, who's sort of national federation, is. It is it heads the well-being, and we look at we look at trauma because an officer might see 
compared to, remember, Poland might yeah. see one or two traumas in their life. Yeah. We probably see, we probably see about 40, 50 in, in our career. Yeah. You know, um, you know, yeah. um, as well as doing support, I'm, all, I'm also, you know, a frontline officer. Well, I was a frontline officer, you know, so yes, I've, I've been to, been involved in, in bombings that have occurred in, in London. Yeah. No, not one, but three times now. Yeah. You know, you, you know the devastation that it causes, and the fear that it causes when you get these terrorist bombings. You know, you know, investigating murders and been to murder scenes. You know, it's, it's devastating. It's it's very much devastating. You know, and and all sorts of things and so you carry that kind of stuff with you and it's again it builds up and that's why we, we have to have programs for well-being programs for counseling for support you know um you know it's it's an everyday occurrence from simple car incidents like you said you've had friends or have committed suicide or known suicide but Again, police officers go to that. Yeah. So, whatever you might see or have dealt with in life, a police officer's done it twofold, plus and some. Yeah. You know, um, and having to safeguard vulnerable people, and and tell tell those parents or victims or or loved ones of then next of kin what's happened. You know, can you can imagine how devastating that is when you have to. Yeah. knock at someone's door and, and give them a, yeah. what we call a message of you know deceased message as such you know it's, it's devastating so there is a lot of well there's a lot of focus on mental health and well-being yeah. and there's a lot of now not back then because back in the days you you were classed as a um a warrior you know you're not meant to be soft you're not meant to cry you're not meant to you're not meant to be concerned about those things. Just you know, water for duck, ducks back. You know, and that's how you were portrayed back then in the police service. But now you realise it's not. It isn't conducive because we've lost officers from suicide. We've you know, um, we've, we've you know, and injuries and all sorts of things. So it, it, it is a, a big focus, and it's a bigger much of what we do in today's policing yeah. and timeless but you know officers work people think there's plenty of supply officers not plenty of supply officers the same officers who've probably done a, a nine hour shift the day before and now on eight doing a 14 hour shift the next day and so forth so the exhaustion and tiredness and physical exhaustion yeah which then affects mental health and then can take yeah and affect physical health I mean yeah of course I remember on one of the mm. yeah, one of the first I think one of the first episodes I, I spoke to a police officer and and it, it helped change perspective on for, for people out there because you know because obviously I've got you know I've got friends with police officers and stuff and I kind of understand but when when other people just see you see you you know as police officers and see you in this beauty uniform they don't understand that you just said all the things that you mentioned that you 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 guys become almost like the first yeah the first responders in a sense to a, a scene where somebody may have you know you know it may, may have been a car crash or it may be um you know 
you know, like I say, murder or something like that, and you and you have to give, you have to take details, and you almost have to wear a different, you almost have to wear a different, um, you know, a persona, because you, as police officers, you have to deal with seeing those things and and have that mental. I don't know what you call it. You call it toughness or whatever. The, the, the mental. Yeah. You got to keep that mental. Your your mental health intact to stop you maybe um, breaking down in some aspects. Um, and, and you know we know that all humans are different, and what, what can affect one person may not affect another until you know the third death or the fifth death or even the tenth death. You know, depending on how bad it was. Um, and, yeah, and I remember speaking again. I remember speaking to a, a fire, someone who's in America who's a, who's a fire, you know, first responder as, as a fire. And it wasn't until that they'd been in it years, and it wasn't until you know there was one scene, a horrific scene, where the, the you know the mental it, it tested the mental health, and and to the point where they, you know, they were struggling with the mental health. So for you, for you guys, not for you as well as a, as a, as a person who's been through so many things and. and and we often, you know, we can laugh about some of the things to do with being chased, and, and although those are scary moments, we've had more scary moments. Even dealing with dealing with the public or dealing with certain aspects of the job, and I think you're doing, you know, you you know, you, you do, a, you, you guys do a brilliant job um, in terms of, you know, you're doing. I'm, I'm not saying we get it right all the time. No. I, I don't know if you see that we we don't get it right all the time but when you're dealing with people's lives you know people think oh, okay you know we might have a, a, a time we come on duty and the time we finish it doesn't always work like that because when you're dealing with someone's life and you're protecting someone you might start at the, at the right time in the morning but there's no guarantee that you'll finish at the time you're supposed to finish and People don't understand that it, it's, it's a different kettle of fish that you you actually are obligated to stay on because you have to protect somebody, protect someone's life. Yeah. You're you're going to have to see it all the way through. And sometimes, you know, we've I've worked 24 hours non-stop. I've worked two days and had maybe two hours sleep in between. Um, you know, because it's quite serious. You, you know, I've done all that, and so so many other police officers have done all that you know and, and police staff so it it's not a job to think oh we just they just walk the beat they, they they don't just walk the beat because they they skilled in doing aid searching so they get called and they get pulled their holidays are cancelled you know there's certain times of the year that we we're not allowed to say leave off because of the requirements you know that things can be cancelled you can be changed you can be swapped yeah. a lot of pressure is put on an individual police officer and I'm in a lot of pressure at all levels and it, it's having to deal with that mental attitude and, and strengthening of the mind to cope with such pressures yeah definitely and what would you what would you I mean we can I mean and this I mean we, we, we spoke about this you know the the podcast episode in 30 minutes but there's no way you could have fit all that in 30 minutes and, and again you know I'd like to yeah. I want this I want this to, I want us to talk about this more because we've got some, there's some, some I'm sure you've got some funny stories and also some different stories and different aspects I mean there's no way we could fit this in. even even if we spoke now for the next 5-10 ten, ten hours there's no way you could fit 
the rest of this in. Yeah. So it'd be nice to get you on again. So what would you what would you sure. say to? I mean, I'm not like I said, I'm not, and I'm not trying to you know cut you off or anything like that because I know that um, for listeners out there, it'd be nice for that for you to come back on again and just to you know get a series of you know you know Paul's stories about the police force and then his aspect. Um, your what would you say to um, people? Who you know, not police officers or you know, and people out there that are struggling with mental health. First, police officers, in, in terms of you know where they could get help and what what you know, in terms of not just the the aspect, the racism aspect, and all you know for black police officers and and just women and what would you say to them? Well, firstly, police officers, obviously, they there is internal programs. We have we have big wellbeing um, uh, centre. Um, we, we, you know, there is different charities, Blue Lights um, charity. There is many charities that you can call in 24 hours a day if you if you, you you're feeling that way. Family members, pick up the phone, speak to your colleagues if you have if you got not haven't got immediate family member to speak to, but speak to someone uh, and and you know. And you know, get that advice and get that help needs with your GP. That's that's my you know colleagues because sometimes we have colleagues who who don't speak to anyone and and then the worst happens because um, they've seen something traumatic. People generally, I would say, especially the younger generation yeah. at the moment, because they 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 are being how can I put it? They, their their life because of this COVID scenario is is causing them not to to mingle, to be isolated. You know, what I say to them is focus, focus on your future, focus on understanding this. The COVID is not going to be forever. You know, start making plans, start taking this time where it's quiet to maybe focus on your studying or or taking step back and think oh, what do I really want to do as a career um, speak to your family or speak to a good friend or even you know you're at the age where you can call the, the sir, doctor's GP and speak to the GP and or speak to charities it, it's not it's not hard it's, it's not it's, it's hard out there for for, for, for young teenagers and, and young adults at the moment and career prospects uh, but keep your head up because if I could do it and I've done it uh, I am a different generation to you but it is the same scenario then you can all do it and you know the, the younger generation uh, young teenagers and young adults are our next what I call warriors our next generation to bring our future into bring our world into the future that's 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 what I say. Yeah, and and you, I was going to ask you as well before you know before we because like I say I'm not I'm not this is not me cutting you off or anything like that because I know that like I say um, we could I mean we I mean literally I mean I've, you know we've only just started talking and and you know I've got you know, I've worked with the police in terms of what I've done in terms of things I've told you before what I've done I've worked with the police and the, and I've brought them on the on the project to kind of tackle some of the things that some of the young people have gone through or going through. Um, um, you know, trying to trying to integrate them 
in not see them, not see the police as you guys there, postcode and them and us and this, that and the other. It's, it's about everybody collectively working together. You, you've, you, you've kind of gone through the 70s and 80s and, and you know, I'm not, I don't want to put anything on age. <laughs> What I'm saying, as 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 as, as, as we, I mean, I'm, me and myself, um, grew up, growing up in the 70s and, and seeing all these things and and working actually working in areas where where the, the, the you know the national front was was in the Midlands was was at its thing. You know, I worked in a school there. Um, what would you, you've seen a lot of changes? Watch and do you think that the police force and has and it sounds like an obvious question, but do you see? Do you see it has changed, or in some aspects, or not? Oh, it's it's very much changed. Um, I've seen total change. I'm not saying it's all. It's all. It's changed. It's all got it right most of the time, but it's a lot of change that's happened. I mean, you know, the increase of black officers within in the police service has increased two folds you know um, yeah the, the mindset and attitude has changed differently it's uh, still got a, a, a way to go um, but it, it's, it's doing it and that's again what, what I refer to part of the delivery group under the deputy commissioner delivery group team is is, is focusing on making legacy change, you know, um, legacy change in comparison with the Stephen Lawrence inquiry, the McPherson report, things that, and implement the modern implementations of of different things, uh, understanding sort of conscious bias more betterly, and 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 looking at cultural intelligence, cultural intelligence regarding sort of Asian uh, ethnic. LGBTQ uh, plus disability, um, you know, and faiths, and that's what we're looking at more, more knowledgeable training in every part of our policing world of cultural understanding, cultural confidence. Once we get that right, we get that pinned down, then you know, police officers and the community will will have a better understanding of each other. Yeah. And as 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 Paul as as a as Paul as a as a as a as a black man and who was who was a young black man and still is a young black man, would you encourage um and this is again this sounds an obvious question, but would you I mean, you know, would you encourage the recruitment or would you encourage young um uh, black boys and girls even to to join up with the police force and, 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 and be part of the community? You know what? <clears throat> I, I would encourage it, and but I have to say, black black boys and girls are very, are very intelligent beings. And funny enough, I think they've made their own minds in wanting to join without people, old people like me, encouraging them because I've seen an increase I've seen I've seen people approach or ask and want to join and from the black community in twofold because you know what 
that's the that's the majority of of black kids. It's only the minority that are causing problems and issues. But the majority of, of black youth want to excel in life and quite a few I I know personally of I've, I've heard of and the figures tell me they've they've made their own they've made their own investigation during the police service without the help of people like me. So I think there's change change ahead, change foot ahead. And, uh, you know, I think black youth are actually sick of the the murders of an innocent murder murders of other yep. black youth yep. and and county lines and and being being used by older drug criminals who are baiting them with money and and wealth to say do this for me they I, I think they they're just sick of it of hearing it and seeing it because in some, one part of the, in some part of the communities Whoever has been murdered or or arrested or imprisoned, some of these kids know who they are. They know of them, and I think that is driving them to make change of their own tuition. And you know, like I said, youth now, that youth, they always talk about well, you know, underrepresented education-wise. They're not. They are intelligent very high up in the educational fields always have done from yeah. most countries yeah. but, you know they, they seem to be told that they're, they're not educationally bright well I, I disagree yeah. because of you know and the figures, the figures I know that from the my, figures the figure, I'm telling you this now I'm in education so I know the figures don't the figures don't lie there's, there's the, the, like I say, the black the black boys and girls are, are, are one are probably the highest in terms of um, getting their qualifications and 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 getting the getting the grades. I'll tell you that from an educator. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree. I agree because I can tell you now from my from my own personal view, there's not one of one, not one of my family uh, personal view who, who who they've all done very well. Yeah, you know. And that's off their own tuition and their own back, you know. And I don't know many other black family kids, the, the children they accept exceptionally well, and they have got high grades and they're part of the top of the high them for for education. They, if they want to join, they want to join. If they don't want to join because they want to do a different career, Crazy. it's not it's not the attitude of oh the police are racist because their their intelligence knows that. The only way you're going to change racism is by being involved in it and making change from within. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, like I say I'd like to definitely have you back on again. And and you, you know, you cool, mentioned, please, you mentioned that word. You mentioned that word change a lot, and and you know, I, I picked up on that change, change, change. And you mentioned it a lot, and and I think that's what definitely has happened, and it needs to happen more. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. And you know, if if the if the young kids want to join the police force and 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 the, the deal the deal is sweetened by um, more soul food, then all power to them. There's a lack of that cooking in the war. I would have, I would I'd happily, you know what? If I saw if I saw another back officer on the street, um, 
the time I'm walking past, I'll happily cook him some soul food. <laughs> yeah. they well, your, soul food, your soul food don't taste like my mum's before. <laughs> That's what they'd say. <laughs> <laughs> now I could cook. <laughs> uh, all right, it's been, it's been, yeah. I tell you what, this has been fantastic. I mean, it's so fascinating talking to you. I mean, I'm not just saying that. I mean, literally, it is. I mean, I'm really into kind of listening to your thoughts and 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 you know, really interested in in you know the mental health and on all the other aspects of you, the way you've come from to where you are now. Um, is so many it's so inspirational and I think there's so many people out there that will listen to this and, and listen to your story and, and really you know you might get you might get um, a massive driver recruitment now <laughs> well I, I, I would love to it changes about change I say it a lot I repeat it, it it's like stereotyping saying that word change but I, I, it, you know since since the 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 Unless we murders in USA and yeah. uh, of black black people, um, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, law enforcement means protecting your community. It doesn't matter where any, anywhere in the world you are as a law enforcement officer. That law enforcement means you you protect the vulnerable and protect the, your community. You don't you don't kill your community. You know, so that that's that's a difference. And um, I'd say, you know, have a, you know, have you, you and know, your family have a good Christmas. And, you know, and you too. I would like to, I'd like to talk, you know, we can, we'll arrange something for, you know, maybe next week or something like that or the week after. And then, and then, you know, keep, maybe yeah, keep